Brother Glenn, I want you to come, brother. Just minister. Take your liberty. Welcome to Life Point. Let's give him a great big Life Point welcome. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I feel the presence of God here. When I remember that this was a healing service, I thought, oh boy, that's great. Because it gets me off the hook. If it was a preaching service, well, I'd have pressure. If it was a teaching service, I'd be really worried. But because this is a healing service, I think to myself, you can't heal nobody. Oh, but God can. And not only do I anticipate that he will, I expect that he will. I'm glad to see all of you here. If you're a guest at LifePoint, let me take my opportunity and welcome you in the house of the Lord. I, too, see some pastor friends of mine that I'm so happy to see. I want to give honor real quickly to Pastor Donovan and Sister Valerie. Pastor Donovan is a resident cool cat around Louisiana, preaching world. He's not just that, though. He's a brilliant guy with an incredible mind and heart for God and, and doing great work raising this church up. Sister Valerie, well, she don't really ever tell you her opinion. And, uh, and sometimes I say things up here you probably shouldn't say. Uh, but, you know, I always just think this. Valerie's flat out pretty. That's just the way it is and uh, kind with it. And Brendan and Lizzie are masters at making people feel comfortable. They've spent some time with my children. My children always walk away feeling better about themselves. I'm glad they do. You can be seated. <clears throat> recently, um, not recently, some time ago, let me say that right. Some time ago, uh, my daughter was smaller. For some reason, she rode to church with me. That doesn't happen anymore. I'm just not cool enough. And uh, But she rode to church with me. And in our family, we have this rule that you really don't give false praise. You just give honest praise. And our rule is if we don't say it, that means something. But you know how we all are. We fish for compliments sometimes. We're in the car, and it was quiet. I thought, how was church tonight? She said, it's okay. How'd service go, in your opinion? It's all right. I was trying to get her to say what I wanted her to say. Finally, I had to ask. I said, how was the preaching? She said, Dad, I'll be honest with you. That was not the best sermon you've ever preached. I said, well, at least it was short. She said, I agree. So tonight, you may not leave here saying that this was the best sermon you ever heard, but hopefully it will not be the longest service you've ever been a part of. I do anticipate laying hands on some people tonight by faith because that's what the word of the Lord says do. And when that happens, God will touch you miraculously. These are the words of a father who wrote his thoughts on a notepad during a flight from a business trip. And I quote, Six summers ago, Lynn and I buried our 21-year-old daughter. This came about as the result of a lake accident. 
We didn't see this coming. How do you go away on a summer vacation with four and come home with three? Friends, some of whom had also buried children, rallied around our family, and they said things like this, God means you good and not harm. We tried to smile. We prayed for a miracle because I wanted her made new, her smile and her great personality restored. But eventually when we unplugged our daughter from life support so hard, the decision was painful. We were confident we were doing the right thing by laying her in the arms of a mighty God who knew our pain. Our best work, he wrote, became not in healing her, but in assisting Lynn and me in letting him have her. God's people became the face of God around us, and our faith has gotten us through. This is my opinion, he said. Faith is a choice. And I believe 100% that faith is, in fact, a choice. People of God make that decision over and over again as circumstances and adversity press against them. They understand that the drumbeat of a relationship with God is this loud phrase, God keeps his promises. The people of God believe in the promises of God. And when forced by life to stand at the intersection of disbelief and belief, they choose belief. They walk in the path of faith. Seldom with a skip. Often with a limp. But they walk faithfully into the direction of God. Because God's people have learned to press into his promises. Joshua 21 says this, verse 43, So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers and not one man, not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Those three verses are the theological heartbeat of a child of God. We live our entire life saying, God one time told me. God one time spoke to me. God one time gave me a promise. And if we live with that long enough, at some point we will walk on the other side and we will say, not a word failed of all the promises that God gave you. Essentially, we can say God did what he said he would do. One commentator wrote about those verses. He was so overwhelmed by what he had read that he just wrote at the top of a notepad, there are no falling words with God. We live in a world of falling words. People speak words and they just fall to the ground. They make promises and they don't keep them. 
Maybe the promise was too big for you to make in the beginning. You've heard your share of falling words. They're like autumn leaves in November. They fall to the ground, blown by the winds of disbelief. You've heard your share of words that fell and didn't come to pass. But you will never hear a falling word from God. Because when God makes a promise, he keeps it. He is a covenant-keeping, promise-making God, and his promises are sure. In a world where people break their promises and cannot keep their word, you can trust God to keep his. If he has spoken a word for you, he will keep it forever. Psalmist said, the Lord's promise is sure. He speaks no careless words. All he says is purest truth, like silver seven times refined. In other words, in God's world, all the unnecessary words are taken away. For proof, the writer of Joshua said, guys, if I can promise you that God keeps his promise, let me tell you how to prove that. Look around at our history and look how God kept his promises to faithful people. If you wonder if God will do it, look at Abraham's life, Joshua said, and you can see that God will always keep his promises. At some point in your own life, when frustrations crowd and adversities that make you feel that God has left you alone, at some point in your life, You have to turn around and say, on a Sunday morning two months ago, God told me he would make a way for me, and he did. It may be slight and it may be slim, but to keep yourself going, you got to come back to your history every now and then and say, if God did it for him, and if God did it for them, he will do it for me. I pastor kind of a wild church like this one, our music's loud. We have people that put cotton in their ears. Right? And they do it real elaborately. Hoping to catch my attention. And I'm just like, I didn't see. I even had a guy leave the church one time. He said, Pastor, it is just absolutely too loud here. Well, you might ought to find a quiet one. We're just not really turning it down. Sorry. And so he checked out, and, 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 and they're wild, man. They, they do crazy things like you guys, jump around and scream and run. Sometimes they roll, you know. I'm not like the biggest roller, but I like it when they do. I'm like, I would be so dizzy if I did that. My vertigo would just mess up. But, but they do some things. So it's not uncommon for people to kind of walk quickly toward this planet where the speaker is. But on a Sunday morning, about three years ago or so, I it caught my eye. I saw a lady coming from way back, and she was walking with purpose, and she was walking with a certain stride. And I thought, oh, she means business. I'm looking around at the ushers thinking, where's the people who do security? This woman's coming. I'm backing up. I'm going to get behind a guitar player or something. Man, look at here. I had never met a fight I didn't want to run from. And, and so I'm like, oh, shit. But she came, and, and there she, she stood at the bottom. Now, th- there's a phrase in, in southwest Louisiana they use that just it wears me out. And they say, come see. 
like, come see nothing. Come and see. You come see. But but she's like, and I usually don't respond to stuff like that, but I thought, you know, people are looking. <laughs> Got to be a Christian when people are looking, don't you? <laughs> right on. So uh, I, I went to down to where she was, and, and, and she was matter of fact. She said, uh, got stage four cancer. Well, it, that messed me up. I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm all resistant to this lady. She's got a crisis. She said, but you know, I came here because y'all believe in healing. I said, we do. I thought I better explain to her that we lay hands on people. And by the way, there's a right way and a wrong way. You can mess some vertebrae up if you get too aggressive, you know. And so we tried to train that, and and I'm getting ready. I'm feeling faith rise, and. And, and I'm getting ready to lay hands on this lady. I'm like, I'm, we're going to take care of this. So I start toward her like this. And she says, oh, no. Not laying hands on me. I thought, wow. This is taking a bad turn. <laughs> but here's what she said. If you'll just speak the word. I feel faith kind of rise up in here. If you will just speak the word, God will heal me. I thought to myself, I hadn't seen one like this in years, maybe never. So I just put it on her. In the name of Jesus, be healed. I spoke it with authority and expectation. I thought if she believes it that strongly, we might as well go ahead and count this one. Here's the deal. She didn't give me a courtesy shake. She didn't give me no whirly bird and spin. None of that. She turned on her heels and walked out the back door. I thought, well, how to be grateful for a healing. That's how to do it. But but, but it was weeks later. I saw the same lady walk back in our service. But this time it was different because she had some papers in her hand and a little manila-looking deal. And she came down the aisle. She had that same stride. She had that same purpose. But she was walking with a bounce in her step. And then then she called me over there again. I thought, well, I'm going to the miracle lady again. So I go back over there and I bend down. She said, healed. You need proof, it's right here. I think I don't need no proof, baby. We done got us a bona fide miracle in the house of the Lord. What I'm telling you is there are no falling words in God's world. If he said he would, he will. All I need is some people in this house that feel the wave of faith beginning to rise in this building. And you start making up your mind right now. Just as soon as I get a little direction. Just as soon as I feel a little break in my spirit. Just as soon as he tells me whatever we need to do. I'm about to walk into some supernatural business right here. 
God had promised Abraham that he'd give Israel all the land he had sworn to give their fathers. In Genesis 12, that's what he said. He said, hey, look, I'm going to give you everything I said I would do. But when Abraham died, he owned only a small parcel of land, just enough to bury his wife and family. And then the children of Abraham eventually ended up in Egypt. There were slaves and sharecroppers, and Moses got them out. But he never got out the Egypt out of them. They were now in a promised land, and they were now about to see supernatural things happen. And Moses said, hey, guys, there's something more that God wants to do for us. But he could never get it in them. And Joshua came along. And Joshua said, I don't know what to do with these people. But I can promise them this. God keeps his promises. He said, I'm an un- unexperienced leader. I don't have a whole lot of pedigree. I hadn't led many people before. I'd just been serving Moses all these years. But if you'll get that Egypt out of you and you'll remember your promises, you will see God do some stuff. And so he started saying this. He said, let me remember, remind you what God said. He said, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and I'll make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I'll curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Paul wrote it like this, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. The old King James says this, all the promises of God are yea and amen. Others may make a promise and forget, but if Jesus makes one, he's not forgetting. I have a reputation in my family of forgetting, forgetfulness. I can forget good stuff. I, I don't just forget doctor's appointments. I forget birthdays. I forget significant events. I'm always running around trying to fix it. And uh, my son says to me, this is his famous word. I say, yeah. He texted me yesterday and he said, Dad, let's go see a Yankees game in the summer. I said, cool deal. Who do you want to go? He said, let's make it a guy's trip. I said, done. It'd be awesome. And I saw him. Little dots on the screen. And he started to type it, but he just let me slide this time. Because usually he says, I'll believe it when I see it. Because the deal with dad is, I want to do it, but I'm a tightwad. And like it sounds good in concept. And I'm fired up about the concept. But as soon as I start counting the pennies, I'm like, oh my God. It would be best for me to just forget this one. And so I put it in the trash bin and I purposely forget it. And finally it's gone. I don't remember it anymore. They'll say, yep, summer's come and gone. Didn't see Yankees games. Oh, I forgot. I really did. The truth is the promise was too big for me to make. But when you say God keeps his promises, I'll tell you when that matters. It matters when you're in the emergency room. It matters when you're feeling the sting of divorce. It matters when you have more month 
and less money. It matters when your kids are going crazy or sickness strikes your family or you just got laid off on your job. It matters that God keeps his promises because sometimes you have nothing to go on. People you love forget their promises and people you thought would never break their promises and sometimes you're in the bed with tears rolling down your face and the only thing you can say is my God will keep his promises. He's faithful to me. You may be at a crossroads and you may need to choose between fear and faith. I look at my problems. Do I heed God's promises or do I embrace the fear that plagues me? We all find ourselves at that intersection. Some of you are there today in a dramatic fashion, but I've just come to remind you God keeps promises. Nothing deserves your attention more than God's covenants. No words you can say, no poems you can quote, no quotes that inspire will be good enough. But when you realize the promises of God, you got to keep them, God. But see, here's the deal. you got to know them. So let me remind you just a few. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them, him from them all. The Lord sustains them on their sick bed and restores them from their bed of illness. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And the last one, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. God gives promises for your good and he gives them for your greatness. And at some point in your life, you have to press in to the promises of God. Write them on your bathroom mirror. Record them on your phone and play them over and over again. Major in the promises and minor in the trouble. When troubles arise, check those troubles against the promises of God. See that got milk deal that used to go around? Got milk on all these pretty people. Got them. Sometimes I think there's a billboard in, in, in a believer's life. That billboard just says, got trouble? But you need to replace that with, got promises? Oh, I got promises. I got them one after the other. I have them written in the printed page. I have them spoken through a prophetic voice. On occasion, I have God just breathe in my ear something he's about to do for me. And the world wants to make you crazy. And people want to make you question that was that the voice of God or not. But what you've got to do is hang on to the promises of God. Her name is Michelle. I'm going to close. The musicians can come. Her name is Michelle. She comes from a decidedly non-Pentecostal background, and uh, 
and and when we found these people, they were um, uh, upper crust folk and 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 kind of classy people, and and but God decided to change her whole demeanor. Like when He got her, gave her the Holy Ghost, He gave her like the wild kind. I mean, you know, everybody don't get the wild kind, and for that we're grateful. But, but Michelle got the, like the wild kind. She's from this real, real, real neat family. They're all just neat people. They walk around with their noses slightly in the air. And that's just how they're raised. It's cool, though. I like them. My God, when Michelle got the Holy Ghost, she just started screaming, flailing running around, dancing loudly and wildly. And we were like, what? It's going to be kind of hard for her to witness to her family, we think. She's going wild. Re- recently, though, she 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 uh, texts one of our outreach guy, uh, ladies and, and she said, hey, they say I got cancer. And we're going to MD Anderson that night. I'd just like to stop by the church on our way. Let's get a little prayer. See what God will do. They stop by the church. It sounded like World War III going on in there. People screaming, stomping. I don't know if they were throwing the bottles of oil, but it sounded like it. They were just wild. I avoided the whole deal. I mean, some days I'm melancholy. I was a little melancholy at that, so I can't get in that. Not today. All that, all slinging kind of Holy Ghost. I'm more into the mild kind of Holy Ghost today. So, I mean, I hate to admit I'm pastor of the church. She needed a miracle. I just avoided the whole situation. I was more into speaking the word that day. And and so, life happened. She went on to MD. And... Uh, I happened to be in the office when they got the results. The outreach lady came. She had it on speakerphone. You could hear her walking down the aisle. Michelle. God, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Oh, no, I'm not in the mood today. But we'll go with it. She said, hey. They said to me, I don't know why you're here. Somebody's mistaken something. I don't know. See, see, all I know is she said this. God said he would heal me. Just matter of fact. Her husband got a diagnosis just two weeks ago. He went to MD. They're waiting for the results. We hadn't got those back yet. So I talked to him in, in the aisle of the church recently. I said, Alan, how you doing, old buddy? Heard from MD Anderson yet? He said, nah. You know what's happening, Pastor? I don't know. He, he's a brand new, I mean, he's a first-generation convert. He said, I said, don't know. What do you think's happening, Alan? He said, ah, God's healed me. They can't figure it out yet. I said, I'll go with that, Alan. 
They're confused over there. We'll just take the healing of it. See, I could go on. But all I know is God keeps his promise. Every time. All the time. There's some great faith here. There's just a supernatural flow going on. And somebody's about to be healed here. There's going to be some miracles that are going to elevate and change your perspective about God. Let me tell you what this service will be for life for you. This will be God keeps his promises service. And for the next decade, there will be some of you who when people go through trials of sickness and trouble, You'll say, there was a day in April in 2018. It was a weird deal. Sunday night, we never did that at Life Point. But it was a Sunday night, and somebody laid hands on me. And my whole world changed because I was healed and set free. And I'm going to tell you, honey, take it from me. God keeps his promise. And you're going to perpetuate an atmosphere of the miraculous for those who struggle. Because you're going to hang on to the fact that there are no falling words in God's Word. So just lift a hand. One, one right here. Just lift a hand. And just say your own version of God, I believe. I believe what you said you'd do. Thank you for the supernatural element of faith that's in this building tonight. We trust in the Word of God. We have a calm confidence and a sure expectancy that no sickness has overtaken us that you're not able to heal and no trouble exists in this room that you're not big enough to handle. We declare, as a church of believers, we declare that that is our mantra that we know you do not fail and we trust you today hallelujah and we're going to do a little uh, a little prayer line here Brendan could you help me like we're going to create this like Holy Ghost tunnel situation it won't be a big tunnel because me and him are both skinny well he is but here's the deal Can I, y'all do healing lines here all the time. I know that, probably, but, but uh, probably, but, but um, I'm just going to demonstrate how we're going to do it. Some people get confused in a healing line, and they think that they brought their tent with them and they're going to camp, but there won't be no campers tonight. What we're going to do is like we don't have time because we're like we want everybody needs to be healed and then get home at a good time. That's what Pastor said, and so. So we're going to roll through this line, and here's how in Jesus. No, no, you stop. Don't do that. Never break stride. Just slow down when you get close. Are you ready? All right, let's go. In Jesus' name. See how that was? That's that's all it takes. Because there's a flow in this building. And the flow is all God. We're just going to do what the Word says, and we're going to lay hands on And he's going to help me. He's going to help me right here. You're going to stand right here, and we're going to just kind of go through the Holy Ghost tunnel. And uh, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to start over here. 
and like he'll be here will be person one and everybody else will just line up all the way will snake around that building but we're going to start right here and we're going to go through the line and say jesus name and then you're going to cut a hard left right here and just kind of go back to your seat got that it's just that simple that's just the way god does the work all right we're going to give you a chance. If you need a healing or a miracle, I want you to come stand right here. Line up behind me. If you just need a miracle of healing or, or something supernatural, there you go. There you go. Just line up behind me, and, and then we'll just stretch it on. There you go. I'll give you time. I'll give you time. I'll give you time. Just stretch on down that wall. That's right. No hurry. No hurry, guys. Thank you for the supernatural hand of the Lord. That's right. Y'all can just go around that way. Some of you pastor dudes can come help me, Brother Martin. 